This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 119 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, Announcer Bot, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1983. It's Not Easy premiered on ABC on September 29, 1983 at 9.30 p.m. A title that also indicates the road the show took to get on the air, but more about that in a minute. Jack and Sharon, Ken Howard and Carlene Watkins get divorced but decide to live across the street from each other for their kids, even Cohen and Rachel Jacobs. Hilarity ensues. Bert Convey played Sharon's new husband, Billy Jacoby his son, and Jane Meadows plays Jack's mother. We covered Ken Howard in episode 68 for Adam's Rib, Carlene Watkins in episode 106 for Best of the West, and even Cohen in episode 95 for The Ropers. Rachel Jacobs went on to a run on Growing Pains and various guest spots. She's one of five siblings who are all actors. Bert Convey is not known for his acting, which is a shame because he was very busy on the stage early in his career. He started as a ball player in the Philadelphia Phillies farm system for two years, then started a band called The Cheers with a top 10 hit in 1955, Black Denim Trousers and Motorcycle Boots. His stage work began in the Billy Barnes reviews of the 50s and 60s while hitting a lot of TV guest spots with a film, Susan Slade, in the mix. Back to the stage, a replacement in the original The Fantastics off-Broadway, The Beast in Me, Fiddler on the Roof playing the original Perchick, The Impossible Years, Cabaret, the original Cliff Bradshaw, The Front Page, Nine. He kept busy on TV, recurring or irregular on The Snoop Sisters, Fantasy Island, and... The Love Boat. With all of that, he's by far better known as a game show host and or panelist. What's My Line, Password, Tattletales, he hosted 622 episodes, Match Game, 66 episodes and an unaired pilot, Password Plus, Win, Lose, or Draw, which he co-created, Super Password, 1145 episodes. He also guest hosted Carson's Tonight Show and had a summer replacement variety series. Convey died of brain cancer in 1991. I'm kind of shocked we haven't covered Jane Meadows yet, the older sister of Audrey of Honeymooners fame. Their parents were missionaries. Jane started on the stage in the 1940s, Spring Again and Another Love Story, before getting into the movies, Lady in the Lake, Song of the Thin Man, David and Bathsheba, Enchantment, and early live TV dramas. By this point, after a failed first marriage, she found her soulmate in Steve Allen and spent decades involved in his productions. The Steve Allen Plymouth Show, The Tonight Show, The Steve Allen Comedy Hour, Meeting of Minds, a weird PBS series where Steve interviews historical figures. She was a regular or recurred on The Red Skeleton Hour, Medical Center, Fantasy Island, The Love Boat, High Society, plus a ton of game shows. 
Masquerade Party, To Tell the Truth, Password, The Celebrity Game, I've Got a Secret, 194 Episodes, What's My Line, You Don't Say, The Original Match Game and the 70s Reboot, The Hollywood Squares, Tattle Tales, The $10,000 Pyramid, Trivia Trap, Meadows Past in 2015. So I mentioned the hard road to get It's Not Easy on the air. It was originally scheduled for the spring of 1982 with Gerald McRaney and Larry Breeding. McRaney was on Simon and Simon at the time, and all signs indicated it would be canceled. That didn't happen, forcing him to pull out. That's when Ken Howard came into the picture and a second pilot was shot. That fall, Larry Breeding was killed in a car accident, forcing the recast of Burt Convy and a pushback to 1983. After all of that, the show lasted all of five weeks, with five more episodes never aired. I found an episode on YouTube. Howard narrates the opening, providing the overall concept and the cast, but the recording I could find was almost unintelligible. There's a lot of zingers going on. I expected to hear boings. Despite his acting chops, I can't see Convy as anything but a game show host. Doesn't help that Meadows is in the mix. There's a reference to I Love Lucy. It's never a good idea to mention a good show in the middle of your bad one. Hello. It's me. And only you can see me. I just saw the most beautiful ghost in the world. And she slept here. I just saw the most outrageous kind of a girl. Jennifer Slept Here premiered on NBC on October 21st, 1983 at 8.30 p.m. A vehicle for Ann Gillian who had left It's a Living for this series where she plays a ghost. She was a movie actress who got herself killed in an ice cream truck accident. Years later, the Elliott family, husband George, Brandon Maggart, wife Susan, Georgia Engel, son Joey, John P. Navin Jr., and daughter Marilyn, Maya Ackerling, move into her former home. Jennifer decides to help Joey through his teenage years, only he could see her sexy apparition. Basically, a knockoff of Topper. Glenn Scarpelli played Joey's buddy. We covered Angelian in episode 103 for It's a Living, Georgia Engel in episode 56 for The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and Glenn Scarpelli in episode 78 for One Day at a Time. Brandon Maggart began acting in college, moving to the stage and winning a Theater World Award for his work in a musical review. He went on to Applause, earning a Tony nomination, and several other shows. He also had a regular run on Sesame Street, as well as regular or recurring work on Brothers, with three Ace Award nominations, Chicken Soup, and a lot of guest spots. Films include Dressed to Kill and The World According to Garp. Maggart mostly stepped away from the business in the 2000s, becoming a well-known painter and author. His daughter is Fiona Apple. John P. Navin Jr. was a child actor, and this was his only regular TV role. He appeared in films Taps, Losing It, and National Lampoon's Vacation. He has the honor of saying the first line on the first episode of Cheers as a kid with a fake ID. Meyer Ackerling went on to a run on The New Leave It to Beaver. Jennifer Slept Here only lasted half a season. Getting a time slot against the Dukes of Hazard and Webster didn't help. I found a partial episode on YouTube. The opening theme explains the concept. 
Jillian does the best she can with what she's given, which isn't much. Jokes fall with an audible thud. There is a scene designed around her wearing different outfits. The special effects, if you can call them that, are terrible even for 80s TV. That wraps up 1983, a big year for sitcoms, but not necessarily good ones. Out of 20 shows, only six survived past their first seasons, with three of them just barely doing so for a success rate of 30%, nearly matching numbers from two years earlier. Their survivors? Mama's Family, Goodnight Beantown, just squeaking in, Buffalo Bill, same, We Got It Made, Webster, and Aftermash, yet another squeaker. Let's move on to 1984. New cable networks, Arts and Entertainment, A&E, a merger of Arts and the Entertainment Channel, which now hosts a lot of crap reality shows. Lifetime, a merger of Daytime and the Cable Health Network, and American Movie Classics. Oprah begins her empire in Chicago on a local daytime talk show. The 1984 Apple Mac ad airs during the Super Bowl and is never aired again. Happy Days, Three's Company, and Too Close for Comfort all end their ABC runs. Too Close for Comfort would move on to first-run syndication. The late Alex Trebek begins his long run on the syndicated Jeopardy. Actor John Eric Hexum is killed during production of Cover-Up in a blank gun accident. Captain Kangaroo ends a 29-year run on CBS and Edge of Night a 28-year run on CBS and ABC. Episodes of Press Your Luck are aired where a contestant worked out the pattern on the board and won $110,000. Jim McKay and Peter Jennings co-host the opening ceremonies of the Los Angeles Summer Olympics. Pro wrestling goes big time with Hulk Hogan defeating the Iron Sheik, the WWF moving to Superstation WTBS, and MTV airing a WWF event from Madison Square Garden. New non-sitcoms include... Riptide, Airwolf, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, My Little Pony, Miami Vice, Hunter, Highway to Heaven, Murder, She Wrote, NV. Ever so humble. Who cares? Not me. If we're just your normal family. And the vacuum cleaner's busted. And the children aren't adjusted. I got you. You got me. And we can wrestle this economy So let our station wagon rattle Through the suburbs of Seattle I'll tell the world that we Domestic Life premiered on CBS on January 4th, 1984 at 8 p.m. A vehicle for Martin Mull, a stand-up, improviser, and a major player on the Mary Hartman, Fernwood Tonight, America Tonight trilogy. The show was produced by Steve Martin. The original concept, with Mull as a Washington politician, got a pass, so they went with a gentle spoof of family sitcom cliches. Mull played the head of a family that moved to Seattle to get a job as a local TV commentator. This allowed him to do monologues directly to the camera. Mull was shooting for a George Burns vibe. His wife was played by Judith Marie Bergen, Christian Brackett Zika, and Megan Fellows, his kids, and Robert Ridgely and Mia Hunt as fellow TV reporters. 
Hoyt Axton played an ex-cowboy star and station owner with J. Allen Thomas as the floor manager. We covered Megan Follows in episode 98 for The Baxters. Martin Mull's mother was an actress and director. Martin graduated with a Master of Fine Arts in painting. He got into showbiz as a songwriter for others, then became a musical comedian opening for larger acts. Frank Zappa, Billy Joel, Springsteen. Mull moved into acting, starting with Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, playing twin brothers Garth and Barth Gimble. After a quick run on a failed Laugh-In reboot, he returned to the role of Barth, now hosting a bizarre syndicated talk show called America Tonight, or originally Fernwood Tonight. A series of movie roles, My Bodyguard, Mr. Mom, along with a number of TV guest roles followed. Post-domestic life, he went back and forth between movies, Clue, Portrait of a White Marriage, Ski Patrol, The Player, Mrs. Doubtfire, Jingle All the Way, and TV, His and Hers, The Jackie Thomas Show, Roseanne, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The Ellen Show, Till Death, Two and a Half Men, Dads, Veep, Life in Pieces, I'm Sorry, Arrested Development, The Cool Kids, and The Ranch, as well as voice work, Family Dog, Timo Supremo, Danny Phantom, and American Dad. Mull has also been a successful painter since the 70s with published art books and exhibits. Judith Marie Bergen was a working actor from the mid-70s up till 2000. She had runs on Maggie and All is Forgiven, along with a lot of TV guest roles. Bergen would later move into the Oregon Shakespeare Company, working 16 seasons there before her death in 2016. Robert Ridgely spent his early career going between TV guest roles and commercials. Those of a certain age might remember a McDonald's ad with him singing, There is nothing so clean as my burger machine. He had regular or recurring roles on The Gallant Men, Bonanza, and Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Then became a major voice actor. Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, Thundar the Barbarian, Ariel, Ookla, Ride! Flash Gordon, Shirt Tales, The Dukes, The Incredible Hulk, Richie Rich, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Lucky Luke, Snorks, The Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, Galtar and the Golden Lance, Centurions, Space Cats, Bonkers, The Addams Family, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Problem Child, Dexter's Laboratory, and The Fantastic Voyages of Sinbad the Sailor. He also had film roles in Blazing Saddles, High Anxiety, Melvin and Howard, Heart Like a Wheel, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Life Stinks, Robin Hood Men in Tights, Philadelphia, Multiplicity, That Thing You Do, Boogie Nights, just some of his 152 IMDb roles before he passed in 1997. Hoyt Axton's mother co-wrote Heartbreak Hotel, which Elvis made a hit. Hoyt graduated high school and quickly left town after a bad prank burned down a hardware store. He played football for Oklahoma State but left to enlist in the Navy. After his military stint, he went to San Francisco and played folk songs in nightclubs. His song Greenback Dollar became a hit for the Kingston Trio. Other songs that hit the charts, The Pusher, Steppenwolf, used an easy rider, Joy to the World, number one for Three Dog Night, no-No Song, number three for Ringo Starr, Della and the Dealer, which he sang on WKRP and it became a top 20 country hit. He would generate 83 soundtrack entries on IMDb throughout his career. 
He released multiple albums in the 70s while transferring to acting mostly in TV guest roles, a regular on The Rousters and films The Black Stallion, Heart Like a Wheel, and Gremlins. Axton struggled with drug addiction for decades and passed in 1999 at age 61. J. Allen Thomas was mostly uncredited throughout his career. He appeared mostly in the background throughout the series Taxi and was uncredited in Broadcast News and Man on the Moon. He passed in 2007. Domestic Life was not a hit, running all of 10 episodes with one unaired. Mull would later recall, I believe we were voted by Time as one of the top 10 shows of the year on the same day CBS canceled us. And the other thing that sticks in my mind, other than just having a ball doing it because it was my first starring role, was that Tom Hanks was our warm-up man. He would warm up the audience for us. I don't know what ever happened to that kid, but he was very good at that. The show has similarities to a later hit, Frasier. Both leads played media personalities in Seattle, and Mull played Martin Crane, which is also the name of Frasier's father. I managed to find an episode on YouTube Mull sings the opening as he drives past the rest of the cast. The script is rather biting and satiric while breaking the fourth wall. A man arrives at the door with a telegram, the family gasps, and ominous music plays. At one point, they quote Fred Mertz. The kids are punchline machines. The plot involves the wife getting a shot at the local morning show and Martin's insecurities about it. Considering the number of truly terrible shows going on and off the air around this time, it's a shame this one didn't make it. More of 1984's sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.